I'm Hero. I'm Chris. And this is Fork Bomb. Monday, June 24th, 2019. 24th? Wait, are we in the future? We're in the future. <laughs> Where did I get 24th from? <laughs> That's the other Monday. Let's uh, let's go back in time. All right, here we go. Monday, June 17th, 2019. Episode 26, Experimenting with Fridos. How are you, Chris? I'm well, Euro. And how are you? Good. I heard you had a productive day, and I didn't have such a productive day um, in terms of actual work. <laughs> but <laughs> I did get to learn a lot, so that's good. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm learning, um, you know, AWS just because I want to. And then I'll go back to my Splunkity Splunk world, which I uh, enjoy. So, um, so yeah, not bad. Splunkity Splunk. Splunkity Splunk. Yeah, actually, on my on my briefcase, uh, briefcase. Yes, I have a briefcase. Uh, on my luggage, I put the um, the logo. It's like a little sticker that they gave me. Um, uh, that Splunk gave me. It's of a, a unicorn. I, actually, it's more like a whatever. It's like a little donkey. Doesn't matter. It, you know what it is? It's a pony. It's a pony, <laughs> and its name is is Buttercup, and it has rainbows and stuff all around it. And anyway, so I put that on my uh, on my luggage to so so whenever I travel, like to Russia or whatever, they're gonna see this like flaming unicorn with rainbows, <laughs> and it's a pony. It's a pony. So, yep. Anyway, so it's it's great, and uh, and I like having it. Um. All right. I am, well, I am jealous of that, but we are here to talk about Fridos. Yes, which and, is a yeah. an open source alternative to the MS DOS operating system. So, um, as the wiki site actually mentions, yes, it is free. Um, I uh, I had to think about that for for a little bit. Just you know, I I know that we had used free DOS before. We were experimenting with it. I think you used it way more than I have. Um, but in the very beginning, I didn't know there was a free version of DOS. Um, I thought we were stuck with uh, MS DOS and then Doctor DOS and all that. But uh, but no, there there is a, an open source uh, solution to DOS. And, and not so only is it open cool. source, it's still actively maintained. Yeah, yeah. That and that's a that's freaking amazing. That's that's just awesome. Um, to 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 even just just have that. I can't wait till DOS takes over the world. <laughs> <laughs> one task at a time <laughs> yes <laughs> one task at a time so um, we, um we've 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 covered um similar things like this open source re-implementations of proprietary operating systems and and this one is no exception it has no actual microsoft code in it it is truly open source and Things that we've um, tested in the past that are similar to this are uh, React OS, which is an open source re-implementation of Windows NT, which was poor horribly. Uh, Haiku, which is an open source re-implementation of BOS, which worked pretty pretty great. And also in the vein of working pretty great is this, FreeDOS. Things work very, very well with it. Granted, it's a much more limited operating system much more fully understood but it's still impressive nonetheless but you know what 
it's the uh, it's the features that they've added to it that really you know makes it stand out in my opinion. Uh, not just that it's open source; that's great, it's fantastic. Um, go open source, uh, but but also all the all the features that they've added to it that that just makes it so much better uh, than what we originally had with DOS. Um, I do have to point out that at the time of this episode, version 1.2 is out, and that's actually what we tested on. Um, I believe 1.3 release candidate 1 was recently released. So uh, there's that. Um, I'm, I'm sure uh, it'll come out, and you guys uh, listening that are listening in the future, um, you know, yeah, bear with us. We have 1.2, which is still a great and stable uh, OS. So, yeah. Uh, why don't we start a little bit with the history? Well, we um, usually start with the history. Sure. Uh, before we do that, I wanted to mention uh, the open source license that it's under. It is licensed under the uh, the GNU public license, or the GPL, which is the same one uh, that Linux and many other open source uh, projects uses. Um, it, having, having a hard time finding which version of the GPL, but um, yeah, the history. Yeah. So the history, um, and thanks for sharing that. I know that uh, that will be relevant in one of these bullet points <laughs> about the about the GPL. Um, so yeah, so FreeDOS uh, started out in 1994 after Microsoft announced it wouldn't support MS DOS any longer. Uh, Jim Hall, a student at the time, wrote a manifesto proposing the development of PD DOS, a public domain version of DOS. Uh, a few weeks later, programmers Pat Villani Man, I hope I'm not killing your last name, Pat. Villani? Let's do villainy. (laughs) (laughs) And Tim Norman joined the project. Uh, The kernel was written by villainy. I'm just going to say it like that, Pat. Uh, You know, I know you you probably hate it, but yeah. What are the chances you're you're listening to this? Hopefully very high. Um, (laughs) By (laughs) villainy, villainy, uh, the command com... Uh, command line interpreter uh, by both Pat Villainy and Tim Norman. Uh, the core utilities by Jim Hall were created by pooling code they had written or found available. Since then, FreeDOS has had multiple releases. And uh, you know what? Actually, it was it was kind of interesting to compile all the releases together because there were so many alphas of FreeDOS and then betas. And I mean, it's been in development since 1994. Uh, we're in 2019 and we're on version 1.2, which means that there has been a lot of, um, you know, not, not full releases out there. So, and it's, it's not from lack of, of them not releasing anything. It's just, you know, a lot of alphas and betas, which is fine. Um, but they, they wrote an operating system from the ground up. Yes. Which is great. I mean, I want to write a manifesto of something and then, and then just have it, you know, Turn out to be something real. Um, so, so uh, yes, <laughs> go ahead. I mean, you, you you can have the whole history if you want. I'll I'll gladly give it to you. We can paper rock scissor it. <laughs> I can't <laughs> see you. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Here I go. FreeDOS started as uh, PD DOS back in June of uh, June. Of 1994, what's wrong with me in my writing? Is this? Uh, I'm like uh, I'm like Sir Lamps-a-Lot here. June of 1994, uh, <laughs> but quickly change. <laughs> this podcast is going nowhere. <laughs> Your sound card works perfectly. <laughs> works perfectly. 
<laughs> more <laughs> All right, all right. Um, I can't do history. How about you do history? <laughs> sure. In 1994, when Microsoft announced it would no longer support MS-DOS and Jim Hall went, Oh, no! He decided, I'm going to start oh, my no. own. I'm going to call it PD-DOS. And that was quickly changed to... Um, quickly changed it not to... You write weird, Jiro. Wait, what are you reading? <laughs> FreeDOS started as 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 PDDOS back in June of 1994, but quickly changed its not to FreeDOS in July. (laughs) (laughs) It name its name. Okay, (laughs) keep going with it. In 1994, FreeDOS was started as PDDOS, but quickly changed its name to FreeDOS in July of that year, and then. (laughs) <laughs> later to FreeDOS with no hyphen in January of 1996 uh, they released an alpha distribution in September 16th of 1994 uh, with alpha builds being released until March of 1998 so four years of alpha builds um, FreeDOS wouldn't leave the beta stage until September 3rd of 2006 so that's crap another eight years until yeah. it's uh, FreeDOS 1.0 release. Um, I'm going to leave the rest of the history to you because I am really enjoying the way you read it. Oh, man. Um, yeah, and I haven't been drinking. Um, <laughs> for, wow. I, I, you know what? I don't even know how I wrote this. Um, FreeDOS 1.1 was released on uh, January 2nd of 2012 and 1.2 on December 25th of 2016. As of this writing, as I mentioned before, FreeDOS 1.3 Release Candidate 1 is available. Uh, some things that I found really interesting on the history was uh, it, it's interesting that HP desktops in China and Dells were being offered with FreeDOS as far back as Beta 9. I mean, Beta software and, and PCs are, you know, Dells and HPs coming with FreeDOS installed and Beta nonetheless. That's just that's just amazing. And that also tells you the, uh, you know, the... That speaks to the stability of the operating system. They wouldn't, they wouldn't load operating systems that 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 have bugs and, and, and you know, and even though it's considered beta, uh, still it must have been solid enough for them to 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 go out there and release it. Not only that, but don't they have to support it? I mean, if they're releasing an operating system with their machines, I assume that they had to support it as well. So one one would think. Um, what also speaks to its stability is. Uh... DRDOS violated the GPL by wholesale uh, ripping off ripping off GPL programs from FreeDOS uh, without including the source code. Yeah, that's a big no-no. And uh, so, so while they were pulled from the shelves, uh, FreeDOS was still still going, you know, still I guess at that point dominating market. So that uh, pretty pretty interesting for the. Uh, Stability and testament of the FreeDOS kind. <clears throat> so we've gone over a little bit of history, but um, like to like to point out that it's it's just it's DOS. It it runs like DOS. It runs all your DOS programs. You can use all your DOS drivers, um, with rare exception. It does everything that MS DOS does, and it's. Uh, Backwards compatible to MS DOS 3.0, I believe. So yeah. it's it's really impressive what they pulled off. But 
it's better than DOS. And um, I like to read a, a, a list from their wiki um, titled, What Makes Free DOS Better? Hey, and, hey uh, Chris. Yeah. All your DOS are belong to us. Uh, uh, okay. All your DOS are belong to DOS? All your DOS are belong to us. Us. Oh. Okay. So what makes FreeDOS better? Um, this is a long list. Here we go. You can multi-boot with Windows, including Windows 95 up to Windows 2003, Windows Server 2003, Windows NT, Windows XP, or Windows ME. Uh, you get the Freecom command line shell. So I know you're a big fan of 4DOS, but uh, Freecom has some of the features, like tab completion and up and down history. Uh, command history traversal without all of the other fancy features of 4DOS. Uh, it includes disk compression utilities like 7-zip and info-zip so you can zip and unzip file archive, uh, file archives. It comes with a graphical web browser called Arachne, um, which is also an email client. It's not a very good graphical web browser. I mean, it's in DOS, but it works. Um, it works. It, it has uh, its own CD-ROM driver support with XCD-ROM and SHSU-CDX, similar to MSCDEX, but it allows you to do other features like mount ISO files as a drive letter, which is something and we're not used to play Redbook Audio. Oh yeah, continue. Which is something that we're used to doing in more modern operating systems, but again, you can do it in DOS. The downside to that is it does not support CD audio, so you'll find yourself quickly replacing it with MSCDEX. Um, it comes with the cute mouse mouse driver with scroll wheel support pre-installed. So scroll wheel support in DOS. I guess a program would have That's to be awesome. set up to actually use it though. Uh, edit and set edit multi-window text editors. FAT32 file system support, which means you can use larger drives with it. FDAPM power management, uh, which supports APM info console suspend and power off. ACPI throttling and HLT energy, energy saving, a virus scanner called FDAV, didn't test it, I'm going to save my favorite one for last, graphics print graphics prints to escape slash P, HP, PCL, and PostScript printers, HTML help help viewer, um, its own memory manager called GEM386, which supports XMS and EMS. 32-bit protected mode drivers as JMLs or gem loadable modules. LBA cache disk, LBA cache disk cache, LBA larger support, uh, LFN support via DOS LFN driver. Um, probably one of my favorite audio players, MPX Play, which supports MP3 files, AUG files, WMV files, uh, AAC files, so many modern file formats, and is internet capable. I, I use it to stream uh, digitally imported radio almost daily on my DOS machine. Just that's, because I that's just, awesome. Just because I can. Just uh, because you can. The the, the uh, PG disk viewer, several utilities ported from Linux thanks to <coughs> DJ GPP. I must say I love running Vim Vim under DOS. UDMA drivers for hard disk and DVD drives, XDMA and XDVD, and my favorite, the FDN PKG package manager which is a network-capable program installer and configurator. So instead of having to... So it, it runs very much like Linux's, um, like, like Debian's aptkit or Red Hat's yum. 
you type in fd npkg install the name of the program it downloads it it sets it up and installs it and makes it so you can run it you can update your entire dos system in place from the internet and this yeah. is on an operating system that does not have a tcp ip tcp ip <laughs> stack by default yeah, I also ran and I really enjoyed using it. Um, I found games on there. I found applications. It was fantastic. Um, you do have to to get TCP going, so you're going to need an IP address and everything. But once you have that, uh, you're fully able to use this app. Um, it, it to me, it reminded me of uh, something like uh, kind of like AppGet, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and that you could upgrade and things like that and install the application. Um, so absolutely, uh, you know that is that was that was also my favorite um, part of 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 the software that that came uh, with with FreeDOS. Another another thing um, another thing that I really liked was the um, uh, a utility called F Dimples, F D I M P L E S, uh, which is another great utility that comes with FreeDOS and allows you to install a wide range of applications. Uh, tons of developer tools i installed basic i installed c plus uh, plus i think even pascal was in there um tons of different editors games you name it and and it already it, it all came in the iso it's just a it's sort of like a package manager so uh however i thought i think that uh, you're absolutely right that fdn pkg that that is just <laughs> that that's just the best really anybody could write their software put it up on their repository and that I don't know if that you would call that a repository, would you? I, I guess it's just a directory. Uh, it's a repository, for sure. Repository? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then download it. Um, you yeah, could, installs um, and everything. I mm -hmm. bet if we if we dug into it, we could probably figure out how to set up our own um, FDNPKG repository and set up FreeDOS to use it. In fact, I might do that. Because uh, I know there are some programs that I would like to see... Um, in their repository that isn't in there, so having my own will be fun. Yep, sounds good. Uh, not only, well, where was I going to go with that? Nope, the thought's gone. After you. All right. Well, uh, thanks for that, Chris. Uh, yeah, it, it does have a ton of applications that you can install. Um, a lot of this stuff. Uh, need I mention that a lot of this stuff was written. By users for free DOS. I mean, it was. Wait, am I saying that wrong? It was. <laughs> you get what I'm trying to say, though, right? It, it was. It was made by users um, from scratch. It was made specifically for free DOS. But you can run this stuff in DOS since it's completely DOS compatible. Oh, you're you're saying that you can use the free DOS utilities under proprietary DOS under yes. MS DOS. So yeah, you can you can go and install FDNPKG on MS DOS and do the same right. thing. So. You're probably, I mean, I know you're not wondering, but people are probably wondering why, why did they make it compatible with DOS 3 and not DOS 6.22? Good question, people. And, <laughs> good question. I'm glad you asked, Chris. <laughs> so, so that's to maintain full compatibility with DOS. They even wanted to comp uh, make it compatible all the way down to, I think they mentioned 8088, uh, the IBM XT and uh, machines like that. So... To maintain full compatibility with the older machines, that's why they made it compatible with DOS, or uh, you know, they made it they made it code compatible to DOS three. Although you can still use features like the enhanced three eighty six mode, things like that. So why, why if everything um, that 
runs on FreeDOS can run on proprietary DOS, would I want to use FreeDOS? Uh, well, it's open source, so you'll be supporting the open source community. Uh, from the many uh, things that you mentioned that FreeDOS uh, comes with, uh, FAT32 is one of them. That means large disk support. That is Although nice. Although I know, I know DOS 6 uh, also supports it. Uh, DOS 7, I think, had a, uh, a whole FDisk um, application that would also support FAT32, but this also includes it. Uh, um, DOS 6 was, was FAT16 only, so you had to do two, giga, two gigabyte partitions. Okay, so DOS 7, DOS 7, whatever came with Windows 95, uh, what OSR2, something like that. Right. Um, they had an FDisk utility that also supported, uh, you know, large disks. But um, but yeah, so they're not DOS 62. Um, it does also support for newer hardware. It has support for newer hardware. Um, still maintained today. So they could provide fixes to whatever you're having issues with. Uh, there's a community out there. There's, there's forms that you can type. I mean, that you can ask questions in and things like that. Uh, offer enhancement requests and et cetera. Um, well, you'll have an easier time to use it out of the box. It already includes a lot of the drivers and helper scripts to get going faster. Yeah, it had a, a nifty little uh, a network helper setup script. That's right. Yep. And FDimples uh, has a whole network stack that you can select, and it'll pre-install it for you. And if you're lucky enough to have a network card that is fully compatible, like we did, uh, it'll it'll just work, really. Um, so DHCP, things like that, that, that stuff will just uh, work using the... Uh, I don't remember if it was using the MTCP stack. Uh, M- MTCP, yeah. I think. Yeah. Okay. And... Uh, also, if you have problems, you can fix it yourself if, if you have the, the know-how because the source code is available. Uh, yep. So now we have... Uh, blah, blah, blah. Let's see here. So um, another reason why you would want to run this, why you would want to run FreeDOS is you still have software that requires DOS. But you don't want to use an abandoned OS to run it on. So you don't want to run it on, a, on an OS that is no longer supported. And there, that's where you would use FreeDOS for. Um, um, speaking of uh, wanting to, having a project that, that runs DOS but not wanting to use an abandoned OS, there are some, some projects that, that do use FreeDOS um, specifically for that. And in fact, um, it'll... It's used for more smaller embedded utilities. Uh, for example, Intel's solid-state firmware update tool, um, solid-state disk drive firmware update tool, loads the FreeDOS kernel. Uh, Steve Gibson's uh, Spinrite uses FreeDOS. There's oh, yeah. A, uh, there's Spinrite. a floppy enhanced DivX universal player called FedUp that uses FreeDOS. Mm-hmm. Um, a program called Fuzoma which can boot from a floppy disk and converts older computers into educational tools for children. I had to look at that. Um, I'm strangely curious about that the Edutainment Month. Yes. That's what Clinton would say. Yes, definitely. Oh, we should... um, If he hasn't mentioned that, we should uh, send him a tweet or something to see if uh, he would have any interest in talking about it. Yeah. Um, And XFDOS, which is a free DOS-based distribution with a... Uh, graphical user 
environment that ports Nano X and the FLTK graphical toolkit. Oh, that thing is wild. Yeah, um, we actually tried it on uh, VirtualBox. And it's like using a... It's kind of like a primitive version of Windows 95. And I say primitive only because it's pretty much full-blown, but, you know, the driver support and everything uh, on that. Uh, I didn't get to test the whole thing, uh, but I I do know that it's single-task. So it's kind of weird. It's like using Windows, but it's not multitasking. So the... The application opens up and it full screens immediately, and it's not like you can minimize or anything like that. Uh, but hey, it's it's really impressive. I mean, you know, you're it looks like you're using Windows, but you're actually using DOS. <laughs> so, yeah, I thought that was really neat and a really neat project. I do hope that they continue building, uh, building that, and making it better and better. So besides that, uh, uh, FreeDOS uses four DOS as well. Uh, which replaces a regular command com command line interface. It supports tab filing and completion. You mentioned some of the stuff, uh, you know, with the other app. Uh, forgot the name of it already. Um, not four DOS, but the other in the other one. Um, but yeah, more powerful batch file scripting and uses less memory. I actually use four DOS really for that tab completion. It's just so convenient <laughs> and just pushing up and down to get the the, the list of commands and things like that. Um, to me, it's a must. So using DOS now without 4DOS, I, I just feel really weird. I, I need 4DOS installed. Well, the um, the one that it defaults to has just just those features and just nothing that. else. So you don't even you don't even have have to bother with free DOS or with 4DOS. With 4DOS, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I might have to check the other one out. I kind of want to counter for how many times we say the word DOS. People will drink to this. <laughs> okay, here we go again. Free DOS includes <laughs> wide selection of programs which can extend DOS functionality. And you you already gave the really long list, so I won't really go through it. We do have a list of features. Do you want to go over the features? Yeah, uh, some of this overlaps. I know I've been jumping around, but um, the installer is really nice. Um, <coughs> with... FDimples is very similar to uh, when you install a, a Linux-based uh, distribution where it gives you a, a selection of, of packages. Do you want to install development tools? Do you want to install multimedia tools? Do you want to install uh, text editing tools? So it, it makes that really easy. Um, if it already detects that you have FreeDOS installed, it'll take you to an A prompt instead of running the full installer. Um, it ask it'll ask you if you want to back up your files before installing it if it detects if it detects any existing free DOS installation. All right, wait that that part right there was really interesting because all right I made an experiment okay for the sake of science and I installed free DOS and then I installed Windows ninety eight and then I installed free DOS on top of Windows ninety eight hoping to get the best balance of everything and uh, well not only did I not do that, but it, every time it asked me if I wanted to back up my entire partition, which which was you know my 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 existing directories, uh, my operating system, and I and I thought that was really neat, you know that hey how considerate for it to ask if I want to back up. I mean I remember installing MS DOS before and it it wouldn't ask me that, <laughs> so right. so yeah it, it was just really neat um, that every time it would ask me that and say hey are you sure you want to do this? Like yes I'm sure I want to screw up my computer, and then you know what after all of that I never really 
screwed anything up. What I did was I ended up just installing FreeDOS and then I installed Windows 98 and then I just installed FreeDOS on top of Windows 98. It Nothing broke. It's just replaced. So I thought that was really neat because if I know, hell, if you do that with Windows a few times, I, I know you're bound to break something. And and it won't ask you if you want to back up. It'll just say, you want to do this? You want to do this? All right, Leroy Jenkins. <laughs> that was me. No backups. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, the rest we we covered. Um, I, I would like to address the SHSUCDX CD-ROM driver again. That is really neat uh, for playing games where you don't have, where it, it is not a multi-session CD that has uh, CD CD-ROM audio as the soundtrack. It's really neat to be able to save your ISO files on on the disk and mount them as a drive letter. That is really awesome and incredibly powerful. I mean, at that point, you don't really need a CD drive, you know? Plus, you can also take... you. It can also make ISO files from your physical disk directly on the DOS machine. Yeah, awesome. Again, you could just have a like a, like a directory of ISOs mm-hmm. and just load them up. I mean, that's, that's great. I don't know if DOSBox uses some version of this. I should probably look that up. Because uh, I know that in DOSBox, you can load ISO files as well. So mm-hmm. I'm just wondering. Whatever you know, DOSBox has DOS. is certainly mm-hmm. more advanced because you can even mount multi-session binq files in DOSBox. Mm. Okay. So yeah. I think they might have their own thing. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know what? One thing that I wanted to point out was uh, the DOS uh, long file name. It's pre-installed, but I couldn't get it to work. Yeah, it's there, but it's um, commented out in the config. I couldn't get it to work either. Uh, but it, based on what we... So we both like the idea of having long file names in DOS. But it seems like even if we did get it working, whichever programs we use would have to be set up to know about that feature and be written to use that feature. So it, it wouldn't make uh, legacy applications be able to work with it yeah yeah that's true i Which mean just a shame stick to the eight characters but... you know but yeah stick to the eight characters and you'll be fine um one thing that i did note uh when i was installing uh free dos on my machine on on you know bare metal uh, i i actually ran into that uh invalid opcode error and it would just repeat and repeat and repeat so good thing I was able to go online and um, and find uh, somebody that uh, that pretty much had a quick fix for that, and that's basically to fix that you just had to add raw to the startup command line uh, kernel command line. So you hit tab, and then there's going to be a string there, and you're just going to add raw to the end of where it says kernel module something like that, um, and um, and then that's it, and then it'll run just fine. You won't get that invalid opcode error. But yeah, I, when I when I first started uh, tried to install it. Uh, I would continuously get that invalid opcode, invalid opcode, and um, and I got frustrated because I thought perhaps my com- my computer wasn't compatible with FreeDOS, and then how could it be? It's compatible with every DOS. Ah, what's going on? But yeah, found that quick fix, and um, yeah, thank you to whoever wrote that on on the internet. What did you install FreeDOS on? On uh, Pentium three uh, seven hundred. So it was a actually it's a Dell T. 700 something like that Dell Dimension 
T700R. There you go. Nice. I installed it on a uh, Compaq Presario. Hang on, let me get the model number. Compaq Presario 5204, which is an AMD K6 450 megahertz processor. And you didn't have that invalid opcode error? Nope. Huh. I wonder what the uh, Pentium's had. I, I'm, I'm guessing this is an Intel thing. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, well, uh, another issue, and, and these are just, you know, they're not, I wouldn't say they're huge issues. They all have fixes. They're they're fine. But I just thought I'd point it out since, you know, we ran into these things uh, while installing. So another uh, quote-unquote issue that I ran into was my network packet driver was not added when installing the network stack from FDimples. I know, I know, before I said if you install it and you have the right network card and just so happens that mine was uh, back, uh, mine was supported, well, I had a tiny little bit of an uh, of an issue there, but it wasn't anything crazy. Uh, I just had to load some other DOS drivers as well, so I can't remember the exact steps that I took to do that. But it it wasn't anything crazy, and probably it was my mistake anyway. You know, from having to do that, I just had to reload network drivers to get it to work right. But again, I I really think that was probably my fault more than anything else. But figured I'd point it out. Nice. Um, another item, uh, Sound Blaster 16 drivers. Okay, so I installed the Sound Blaster 16 because I have an OS 64, but you know, they, when you install the, uh, when you install it from the CD, you get the SB16 directory. Um, so I wanted to install the, you know, so I can get the MIDI sound and all that stuff. And, uh, which really looking at it now, I didn't really need to do that since it does include all those other programs. But anyway, so I wanted to do it anyway. Uh, I, I installed the SB16 drivers and they didn't work for me right away. I needed to go into the auto exec bat file and actually change the placement of where CTCM, uh, since I'm using an OS64 card, it used the CTCM. I had to just move it up a few lines. Uh, I think it was right before the, right before it loads EMM386. No, no, right after it loads the EMM386, I had to I had to add that line there. So basically, I just moved it from one part to another. I didn't have to, you know, write anything new or anything like that. But afterwards, after I've moved that there, CTCM loaded just fine. Before that, it just it just wasn't loaded. It was it was placed later on in the auto exec bat file. For some reason, it it had an issue loading. Um, but again, nothing hard, and it took you know just one try. And that's about it, really. Um, I would like to talk briefly about their expanded memory manager, uh, uh, GemX or Gem386. And neither of us were really able to figure out um, how it differs from other tools like it or other memory managers like it, uh, mainly because we don't have the tech chops to fully understand it. But... I can say that when it works, it works great, and you will never run into an out of memory issue. You run mem, and you're always you you're you're never running into the the 640k uh, memory issue. It's very good with m- memory management, but the downside is a lot of programs are not compatible with it. Uh, thankfully, they give you a startup menu option to um, to switch memory managers. Uh, to something that is more more compatible with older applications. For example, uh, Descent just will not run with GemX. And that is a requirement for us. It needs to run Descent. 
Uh, one of the interesting things about FreeDOS, by the way, is that it's tested by running Doom. You know, if, if they can't run Doom, then uh, then that's it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, that that is that is something that they mentioned was one of their tests. So, very cool. I did try installing uh, Windows 3.1 on it. I got it running, but it was very unstable. Um, I had to switch to the other the um, EMM 3.6 uh, hmm. uh, command line option. And I got it running, but then if I would try to run any DOS application inside of Windows, I would get some some random ass error that I didn't fully understand and did not dig into it. Um, I tried to get sound drivers working under Windows 3.1. I wasn't able to, I think partially because I'm coming to the realization I've never really dealt with drivers in Windows 3.1. So I don't know if it was a problem with FreeDOS or a problem with um, just how I was doing it. But I was pretty sure I got the config sys and autoexec.bat auto exec options right. And no matter what I did, I just could not get any audio drivers working. And... Um, if I played around for too long, Windows 3.1 would just crash and burn. So I think I'm definitely going to be doing a um, just plain vanilla MS-DOS 6.22 and Windows 3.1 setup just for the experience of learning how to set that up. 3.11 would be even better because, yeah, you, you know, you get the... No- yeah. True. Because I've only ever... I mean, DOS is fine. That, that's easy. Anything past Windows 95, piece of cake. Uh, Linux all day long. Windows three point one, no clue. <laughs> yeah, it's not too bad. And and three point one one gives you the network stack and um, a few other goodies. So definitely Windows for work groups is what you're gonna want. Um, and you know, one one interesting thing you mentioned EMM three eighty six and and this is with MS DOS. I have uh, I have an MS DOS disk and um, and by disk I mean hard disk, the clickety one. Uh, not the cool SD cards. And by the way, thanks, Chris, for giving me that SD <clears throat> to IDE board. That's uh, that's great, that, that little converter, and I will be using it. Uh, but for this particular uh, test, I used, uh, I used uh, the regular spinning disks. And, um, and I actually have one for Windows 98 and MS-DOS. Every time I go into MS-DOS mode there, or even if I just boot into MS, uh, MS-DOS, I don't even use Windows, uh, and I type in... Uh, anything like uh, like DIR to get a directory or anything like that, I get an out of memory error, and the only way that I can get a full directory listing or you know or anything like that is by I have to actually type in MEM to get the memory count, and then I get I can type in DIR and things like that, and it's still like that to this day. I have no idea why I have to run MEM first and then I can run the rest. Weird, but yeah, yeah, one of those mysteries, and I haven't really wanted to fix it because. I kind of like it, <laughs> you know, it's like, wow, that's, that's so crazy. You just have to run. And what does MEM do? Does it free up anything? Does it do? All I thought was, was just reporting how much conventional memory you have, you know, how much upper memory you have. That's all it's doing. It's just reporting. So why does it need it in order for it to, to print out the DIR command? I don't, I don't get it, but yeah. I did not encounter that. Yeah. So I haven't fixed it. I think it's kind of cool. And, um, and I want to leave it like that. Uh, that's pretty much all I have to say about FreeDOS. Do you think you'll keep using it? I 
think that I will go back to it when other versions are released in order to, to see what the improvements have been. Um, but at this point, at this moment, I'm going to continue using my Windows 98, um, you know, hard drive, uh, disc since, since, you know, a lot of our games and stuff are on there and that's, that's what we're playing. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I'll go back, uh, and to test out different versions, 1.3, 1.4, whenever it comes out and, and whatever, I don't know if that's going to be in a decade or something, uh, you know, <laughs> we'll probably have 1.3 and, and a lot of different betas of that, which is fine. You know, but uh, but yeah, um, I'm excited for FreeDOS 2 whenever that is out, and yeah, so I want to see the evolution of FreeDOS. Uh, 1.2 came out not too long ago, um, so 1.3 might not be far behind. Seems like okay. they've accelerated a bit. It uh, seems so, yeah. For me, I'm I'm definitely definitely going to keep using it. I've been using it for years, off and on. But once I got this retro rig going and I just could not keep Windows 98 alive because for some reason it just keeps getting stuck into MS-DOS mode, um, it, I decided, you know what, I'm just going to keep OneDrive with FreeDOS just for my DOS games and OneDrive with Windows just for Windows games with Windows 98 and Windows games. Um and DOS games that do not want to run well under FreeDOS. So I figured the, the less I use Windows 98, the longer it'll run. And <laughs> most of my gaming is DOS gaming anyways. Hmm. May I suggest Windows Millennium? <laughs> no, no. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, the best <yeah>. version. <laughs> this cursed. Um, that's pretty much all I have for FreeDOS. Same here. Uh, yeah, it, it was fun, uh, fun researching it. And, um, and like I said, I'd like to check out the evolution of FreeDOS and I want to know what it turns, turns into eventually. Uh, it's always going to be, uh, DOS. They're, they're never going to go 32-bit support. They're always going to stick, uh, strive for full DOS compatibility. Yeah, Interesting. I wonder if there'll ever be a, you know, like a fork of a free DOS that, or maybe there already is. I, we just focused on free DOS. Uh, you know, that'll, that'll only be 32 bit. And then, you know, you'll have a crazy 64 bit DOS that'll support, <laughs> you know, 128 gigs of RAM and more. I hope yeah. they call it fork DOS. Fork DOS. <laughs> then they'll have the fork DOS podcast. <laughs> yeah. So, and they'll have uh, two guys. One named Chris and another one named Dollar. <laughs> anyway, all right. Um, that's it. That's all I have. Same. Well, it's been fun. Been real. Yep. All right. Well, uh, you guys have fun. Is that the first time I've ever said that? You guys have fun. Is that my closing? Wow. That's that's terrible. That's 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 whatever. That's my closing. It is what it is now. Bye. Night. <laughs> <laughs>